You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Shotglassdigital.com. I have a plan. You've got a plan. Yes. First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. No, I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? You don't get to ask questions after the nonsense you pulled on Nowhere. I just saved Quill. We've already established that you destroying the ship that I'm on is not saving me. When did we establish? Like three seconds ago. No, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Oh. SRSounds.com.
force for good and a very important sorcerer. The following is an original production of the Sorcerer Radio Network. Are you insane? Broadcasting live from Music City. Walt Disney. WDW Tiki Room, the show about all things Disney. Hey, Michael, me amigo, pay attention, it's showtime. So it is, and what darling people I have sitting under me. With Kristen and Al John. We better start the show rolling. Welcome to WDW Tiki Room, the show about all things Disney. I'm Al John. And I'm Kristen. And today we're celebrating the pre-4th of July. So I hope everyone is having a, gr- a great weekend, enjoying time with friends and family. And we appreciate you tuning into the show here on Sorcerer Radio or on demand on iTunes. So Kristen, what are some of your, uh, I guess, 4th of July favorite things to do? Fireworks. Fireworks? Yeah, I like I like watching fireworks and setting fireworks off. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like a perfect for a Disney fan, right? Disney or, fans I know, love right? our fireworks. It's true. The other thing I love about the Fourth of July is hamburgers and hot dogs. Of course. Of course. And of course good old American apple pie. And speaking of good old American apple pie and America and the Fourth of July, we actually have some very special audio that I was able to find digging through uh, the archives, if you will. Backstage Disney was a special that aired on the Disney Channel in about 1986. And in there, we have a very special uh, piece of audio, of a clip of the American Adventure backstage. And it was hosted by Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we have this very special audio. I actually was thinking about doing an attraction audio of doing uh, the American Adventure, but I decided, you know what? This is a really rare clip of audio, so I might as well present it. And Walt Disney talks about some of the creation of animatronics and things like that going way back to the original World of Color, which is really neat. So That's a little while, while ago. Yeah, just a few years back. Uh, stopping into the, the WDW Teak Room time machine for a little blast from the past old school Disney Channel style. But I tell you what, let's go ahead and talk about some news, you know, uh, and FYI, if you're listening to us on Sorcerer Radio, thank you for listening to us. We do appreciate it. Don't forget that you can check out archives of our shows at www.teakroom.com. Kristen and I will be meeting up with a bunch of Sorcerer Radio listeners and uh, correspondents and DJs over there at the D23 Expo that's going to be happening in August. That is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And we want to make sure that you are able to uh, enjoy in the fun. So uh, once again, subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, make it happen, man. Just support the show. We do appreciate you. And of course, the D23 Expo is, uh, is happening. And I tell you, the Expo is a lot of fun. You need to get there. We're going to be there. And if you're not uh, familiar with what's going on, just remember that um, right now, Expo Admission, uh, you can pick up your tickets through d23.com. And uh, we're going to have some D23 news here momentarily. But I can tell you this right now, uh, if if the Saturday tickets aren't sold out, they will be shortly because Disney and Marvel... And all them, Marvel's not even going to be showing anything at the San Diego Comic-Con this next week. 
it, I believe they're going to be showing everything at the D23 convention. <laughs> nice. So, um, really cool stuff. And I have that on good authority, okay? So, you want to make sure you get your tickets for the D23 Expo um, and uh, be there with Kristen and myself and so many other fellow Disney fans. You know, I, I think in WDW After Dark, our sister show, Jeff, and you all talked about, is it is it really worth it to be a D23 member and I think for sure if you're a hardcore Disney fan you love Marvel you love Star Wars you love the Disney theme parks and all of the great movies that are coming out uh, from Disney and Pixar and even the Muppets um, you're going to want to do this because there's so many great things going on in the Walt Disney Company right now and for sure you want to be there at uh, this year's convention so we're going to talk about that in a little bit and once again um, you want to make sure that you uh, you should have fun there at the expo and join us for the expo uh and it's going to be happening once again the anaheim convention center right across the street from disneyland august 14th through 16th and um good times shall be had so without any further ado uh let's go ahead and get started Kristen, the disney foodie herself host of the dining at disney podcast an awesome podcast by the way you need to check out she has got the latest disney food news for you so Kristen, what's going on Hollywood Brown Derby Lounge now has some new menu items. One of them is a Bloody Mary marinated shrimp, has chorizo and heirloom tomatoes on a toasted ciabatta with garlic herb butter. There's also a Zellwood corn bisque served with a corn and lobster fritter and ancho chili oil. Let's see what else is going on there. They also have some new drinks. There's a mint julep that's made with premium reserve bourbon, a Bloody Mary with pepper-infused vodka and a garnish of olives, spicy pickles, and pickled green beans. That's just a few of the new items there. Artist Point as well has new menu items. On top of that, they have a new chef. So some of the the favorites that people like, um, like the the cedar uh, plank, plank salmon. salmon. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. my favorite. He's he's actually gonna be. It's still gonna be on the menu. However, he's gonna update that a little bit. So you're gonna see it served with local potatoes, baby fennel, Florida citrus. Uh, they're also gonna have their sommelier pear wines with the dishes so mm. the wines are going to come from washington and oregon you know sticking with that pacific northwest uh theme that that restaurant so has you, going on are you on. trying to tell me that we need to go there next time and eat there because you won't find any uh disagreement for me i'll, I'll eat there any day of the week <laughs> it'll be on our list i love artist point what a yummy place and brown derby as well never never a bad meal there ever no, I definitely want to do the uh, stop by the lounge when we're there. Okay. So Sounds like a plan. It'll be a date. Okay, sounds good to All me. All right. Another piece of news is that there is a new tour that they're doing. It's called the Disney Family Culinary Adventure. And this is a great way to learn some of the secrets, tips, and tricks that chefs have, especially the Disney chefs. This is going to start on July 8th, and the tour will be held at Disney's Contemporary Resort. 
you'll get to go backstage and help prepare a five-course dinner. It's going to be served with beer and wine for those who are 21 and up. It's a hands-on class. Starts at 5 o'clock. I think they're going to do it a couple days a week. And uh, there can only be 30 people. And they'll divvy it up into five different sections. Each section is going to make a particular thing. And uh, there's five different stations that are going to be the... um, One is going to be cold kitchen. So it'll be things like farmer's cheese. And they'll show you how to plate salads. Things like that. Sushi station. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a butcher. So you'll learn how to trim a a beef tenderloin for a filet. Things like that. There's pasta. So you'll get to learn how to make fresh noodles. Mm-hmm. And the Just get some bakery. flour and eggs. You can, you can make it. And of course, the bakery. <laughs> so you'll have chocolate, mousse, and all kinds of other sweet treats that you'll be making with that. But the patisserie, if you will. Yes. <laughs> so once you're done, all everybody's done making their, their food, you'll take a seat at a very long table. And you'll get to enjoy your food. They'll bring you wine and beer to go with each course. And uh, at the end of it, you get to keep your uh, chef's hat. You'll receive a Disney cookbook that's signed by the chefs. Nice. And uh, they'll have a little surprise uh, demonstration as well. And it's it's not cheap. No. It's a... 175 plus tax for guests 13 and up and 125 plus tax for guests 9 to 12. And guests that is per person I would imagine. Yes. Per okay. person. Well, very good. I guess for more information or to make a reservation you can call 407 WDW play. So that sounds pretty yummy. I I you and I for a date a few years back ended up doing a few cooking classes at the Viking down here the viking i guess it's a a kitchen slash high-end slash cooking school yeah and how much were those classes now this was years ago (laughs) it was 59 to uh 89 okay and basically you learn how to make a dish aside and you have wine with it yes well we may it it depends on which course and how much it's gonna be but like the one we made several different kinds of pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was beef Wellington, mm-hmm. but you had like uh, multi courses. It wasn't just like okay, here's a beef and a side. You know, you had an appetizer, you had a dessert, mm-hmm. and every station there, you made all of the dishes. So you uh, worked as as a team to make everything. Yeah, this 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 is a little bit of a, a their take on it, and it is really pricey. So, you know, I'm sure for for some it would be a really cool experience. You know. But uh, just remember, for the same amount of money, you could also eat uh, over there at Victorian Alberts. <laughs> so I just want to put in perspective there, people. Um, cooking class mm-hmm. where other people make different sections of the food. You get to keep the hat. You get a little bit of a brooch, I, I guess, a binder with your, your your cooking recipes and stuff in it. Or do I have a five to seven piece meal with wine pairing service at Victorian Alberts for me and my significant other slash partner slash friend whatever you want to call it you know we're all being politically correct these days so um what would you choose i know what i would choose 
<laughs> as much as I love to cook, get my hands dirty. <laughs> you don't love to cook. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh huh. Yeah. Guess what I'm going to choose? Victorian Alberts. Victorian Alberts, baby. You're absolutely right. So. But for more information on that, of course, uh, Dining at Disney. And you also have some interesting stuff. Now, you talked about this on WDW After Dark, but a lot of people are not familiar with what's going on with the Disney dining plan. There's a lot, a little bit of hullabaloo on the internet about it. Uh, and for me, it's not really that big of a deal. So why don't you explain what's going on with the Disney dining plan? Well, there's been some changes. And of course, it's we're only halfway through the year. And there are many restaurants that are not owned by Disney a separate company it's their own and operated and every year those restaurants are in a one year contract to be part of the dining plan Mm -hmm. they often wait to the last minute to decide yes they want to be part of it again or no they do not probably negotiating their rates and, and commissions and stuff so those restaurants aren't going to be on there. And I know a lot of people look at the list and they're freaking out going, oh my gosh, you know, this and this and this and this are not on there. And it's like, chances are really, really good that they will be. They're just not there yet. Yeah, like Yak and Yeti, for example. Yes. Which is not owned by Disney. Or, you know, what is it? Raglan Road. Yeah, that's not owned Raglan by Disney. Road is not owned by Disney. Most of downtown Disney places are not owned by Disney. Yeah. Or um, you know, everybody loves everybody loves uh um uh the Italian restaurant um as well. You know, they they look at getting pizzas over there that place. Are you talking about uh I just drew a blank. That's awesome. <laughs> Cuz I did too as I was saying it. Um, well anyway, so, okay, let's let's get into some of the okay, changes. Okay, we'll get into the changes, Kristen. Okay, now the I'm gonna go with the prices first. The quick service for those ten and up, eighty five cents increase. Not bad. No, for kids, a dollar forty four. The basic plan, regular plan, whatever you want to call it, the increase for ten and up, a dollar twenty kids is a dollar seventy-three. And for the deluxe plan, ten and up increase of two twenty and for kids two seventy. Also, this is the big change to this plan. In the past, it included an appetizer, entree, dessert, and non-alcoholic beverage or one full buffet. The appetizer has been removed for 2016. Oh. <laughs> I'm I that's the main reason that I like to get that is I'm not a big dessert person. And with this I can get the appetizer and then just take the dessert back to the room. You can eat it later. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or it becomes a late night snack when it's like one o'clock in the morning and you're like, (laughs) I really want some to eat and nothing is available. Right. Yeah. It's good at that point. But yeah, it's really nothing to 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 be alarmed by at all. All those restaurants, I'm sure, you know, most of them will come back and that way you can eat at Wolfgang Express. You can eat at um you know, oh gosh, whatever other restaurant there is, you know, Fulton's or whatever. 
So you'll 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 be cool. Everybody be cool, honey bunny. Be cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. Right. Everything will everything will come to pass. And even if in every year there's there's some restaurants that, that come in and some that fall off, but Primarily, everybody's gonna be everybody's gonna be good, and and a lot of the showcase uh, uh, restaurants around World Showcase are not owned by Disney, like uh, San Angel Inn, for example, or La Hacienda, right? Both of them. Yeah, those are those. Yeah, those are uh, the restaurants in Mexico, the restaurants in Italy, Japan, um, Tokyo Dining. Mm-hmm. They're owned by a different company. Yeah. So uh, don't worry about it. But, you know, if you're like Chris and myself, we're going to love Beer Garden. We love La Cellier, you know, so those are always going to be there. Yeah. Hopefully. hopefully. So I will say that for quick service, they have added um, Creature Comforts as well as Harambe Market, which are both just open. They're brand new, but they have been included in the Disney dining plan. Okay, sounds awesome. What other food needs to get left? Well, we're going to briefly talk about the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. I know there's been some questions about that. Um, One of them has been having to do with the Eat to the Beat concert series lineup. And that has all been announced. And this year there's actually more than usual. Often bands are there for three nights, but there's quite a few this this year that's going to be there just for two nights well they've extended um the well just like last year they've extended the um by a week by a week so what the what is it five six weeks something like that actually more than that these days it's a lot of weeks <laughs> yeah it's yeah. almost eight weeks Jeez. so so yeah they've overlapping talent what do we have Okay, so I'm just going to run through the list of them. If anybody wants to know the exact dates and everything, it is on Dining at Disney. Run through it. I'll, okay. I'll put it in the show notes. David Cook, Wilson Phillips, Christopher Cross, Starship featuring Mickey Thomas. Your, sa- your favorite. Yeah. Pointer Sisters, 38 Special, Rick Springfield, yeah. Sugar Ray, yeah. the SOS Band, Air Supply. Oh, that's nice. Fuel. New this year is Tiffany. Tiffany, my girl. Dennis DeYoung, original member of Styx. Jody Messina. Everclear, also new this well, year. How about that? Boys to Men. Sister Hazel. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Hanson. The next two, two are also new. It's Maxi Priest and Shaka Khan. Chaka, 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 Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. <laughs> Let me rock a Shaka Khan. That was like really bad, but uh, so funny. I uh, I love the Eat to the Beat Contra series. I love the variety. And yes, not everybody's going to be there all you know three days that they're doing it. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's a really great lineup, and I'm really digging it. So Eat to the Beat, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. Absolutely. That wrap up the food news for this week. Yeah, for I mean, there's very few details that have been released so far, uh, and as they are released, I put them under a special food and wine section. So, well, uh, be sure to check out diningatdisney.com. Kristen has got so much food news for you; it'll make you your head explode, and it's going to want leave your stomach wanting more for sure. Oh, you've got one other thing to talk about. I do. So talk about it. Okay. Joffrey's, the official coffee of the Disney parks. Yummy, yummy. 
is running a contest right now, and it is to win a Disney World vacation. Ooh, who doesn't want that? I know. I want to and celebrate my coffee side. You you can do this through July 15th. You can enter. And what the prize is, is a five-day, four-night package for four to Disney World. It'll include airfare, hotel, theme park tickets, and a $50 Joffrey's beverage card that Ooh. you can use at the various locations throughout Disney World. I'm doing that. It's called uh, Joffrey's Magic in Your Mug Sweepstakes. And real easy to enter. I think there's like five lines to fill in. So it's easy. Definitely do it. And uh, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Very cool from Joffrey's. And hopefully we can get the Joffrey's people on the show, or at least on your Dining at Disney podcast, if anything. Yes. I like their coffee. Uh, I think it's super yummy. But one thing I will suggest that Joffrey's does is offer multiple sizes because I need to get a large Joffrey's coffee, a nice coffee. Yes. That's what I need to, to, instead of just a smaller cup of eight ounces. Just ain't going to cut it, Joffrey's. Give me my 16-ouncer for sure. <laughs> I need it. I need it. And I want it. So once again, thank you, Kristen, for all the great dining news. As always, check out diningatdisney.com. And Kristen's podcast was Jay Bratton from the Diz Geek podcast. And uh, that is going to be mega, mega ton of fun at Dining at Disney podcast and diningatdisney.com. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Before we move on and play our next segment, we have one last thing. Let's talk about, um, you forgot to mention the dining plan, for heaven's sake. This is going to be the travel. travel All right, let's bust into some travel. Okay. Time is running out to get the free dining. The last date of book is going to be July 10th. The arrival dates for this are August 28th through October 2nd, October 25th through the 31st, November 8th through the 19th, and December 15th through the 21st. Of course, there's always a variety of resorts and categories that are not included, and uh there may not be many rooms available because some of the weeks they're already pretty much sold out. Just so. so you know, of course, there is always my way. When you said that, I just want to just say my way. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, cool. You want to go ahead and book your trip with Kristen, of course, our very lovely co-host from the um, Magical Journeys Vacations website. So check out MagicalJourneysVacations.com and book your trip with Kristen because that's a great way to save you time, money, hassles, and horse pocket. So uh, save a bunch of money. Have a good time. Hey, Kristen, guess what? I saved a bunch of money on my car insurance and my Disney vacation. Um, Kristen won't be able to save you money on your car insurance, but uh, she will save you money on your Disney vacation for show. Hey, you know what? It's already time for a break. We're going to play a short song. We'll be right back with some quickie news bites when we come back right here. WW Tiki Room, the show about all things Disney on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. Howdy, folks. This is Peter Renaday as Henry the Bear talking for Sorcerer Radio. Glad you could tune in. Hope you stay tuned to this station. Talk to you later. Take care. <laughs> the next generation is here. Yeah. Next stage, next stage, next grade, next wave. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. Take your favorite Disney park music and SR shows with you everywhere you go. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. 
we went back to the drawing board with an all-new design and features that you've been asking for. To infinity and beyond! All-new design, daily schedule page, source of radio Disney news page, keep on screen, sleep timer, screen lock display, Bluetooth display, visual buffer, iOS 8 compatible, iPad compatible, optimized for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, coming soon to Android. And the best part, it's free. Download. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. Downloaded for free. Thank you for traveling with us. All Disney music all day long. Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. This program is made possible by MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Kristen has got a deal for you. Free dining is back. For more details or to get a free quote, visit MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Book your Disney, Universal, or cruise today. MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Greetings, program. I'm Cindy Morgan, Yori from Tron, and you are listening to WDW Tiki Room with Kristen and Alja on Sorcerer Radio. Welcome back to WDW Tiki Room, the show about all things Disney, and thank you so much for tuning in on this 4th of July weekend. It is July 3rd right now as we're airing this on Sorcerer Radio, and thank you for supporting our show. We'll save that uh, D23 stuff for next week as well as the uh, Ant-Man red carpet. So let's go ahead and move on to this. We now have some, I guess, really special audio now from Backstage Disney, this is from the Disney Channel circa 1986 audio from the behind the scenes of the American Adventure. Enjoy. We're at Epcot Center's World Showcase. In a few hours, this area will be teeming with thousands of happy guests enjoying its host pavilion, the American Adventure. Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. It's time to step behind the scenes at Epcot Center and discover the fantastic world of Imagineering. It's Backstage Disney, the American Adventure, with your host, Lloyd Bridges. The American Adventure is one of the most ambitious shows ever produced by the Disney organization. So before we see the show, let's go backstage, behind the scenes, and meet some of the people who helped create the American Adventure. It began in California at Walt Disney Imagineering, the design and manufacturing division of the Walt Disney Company. These talented artists, engineers, and technicians helped create Disneyland and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Then they tackled the challenge of creating Walt Disney's greatest dream, Epcot Center. Imagineering really started as uh, what was called Wed Enterprises, which uh, or the initials Walter Elias Disney. And Walt set it up originally in 1952 to uh, design Disneyland. Walt brought movie people, people he had worked with in the motion picture business and especially uh, animation that Disney was uh, directly involved in at that time. And uh, basically they were trained to uh, design the main streets uh, and their point of view was as though they were doing a motion picture, scene by scene, sequence by sequence, without the contradictions. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that Disneyland uh, became such a success is because it was approached in that way. To all who come to this happy place, 
Welcome. Disneyland opened in 1955, and we started planning uh, Walt Disney World about 10 years later. And uh, one of the things that really frustrated Walt was the way you came into Disneyland. You come past all the neon signs, uh, one after another, of motels and hotels. So Walt said, uh, if we ever do this again, we'll acquire enough land so that we don't have this problem and any of the mistakes we make will be our own fault. Here in Florida, we have something special we never enjoyed at Disneyland, a blessing of size. The company acquired uh, eventually 28,000 acres of land uh, in Florida, which is really enormous when you think about it. It's twice the size of Manhattan Island, about the same land area as the whole city of San Francisco. And in the middle 1960s, we started master planning uh, what would go on that land and creating these various experience, experiences for guests. I like to use the metaphor of a, a blank piece of paper. And there, there are two ways to look at a blank piece of paper. Uh, on the one hand, it can be the most frightening thing in the world because nobody has put anything on it. On the other hand, it can be the most exciting and challenging thing in the world and the greatest opportunity in the world because no one has put anything on it. You can let your imagination fly in any direction. You can create whole new worlds. Lepcott really evolved out of uh, Walt's uh, thinking because he had the, the idea of uh, uh, doing something which he called experimental prototype community of tomorrow, Epcot. Epcot Center covers nearly 400 acres. It's really two attractions in one. The first is Future World, where science and technology are center stage. The second is World Showcase, where nations of the world present their history and culture. The focal point of the World Showcase is this magnificent colonial mansion. The American Adventure was a show that was conceived from the earliest phases of Epcot Center as a mainstay in the project. Uh, the only problem was we didn't realize how difficult it would be to achieve. It's easy to pontificate and say in a, in a quick line or two that it's going to be an inspiring show about America. That's the easy part. Now, how you achieve that and get down in the trenches and make it occur, uh, not only wasn't easy, it was a nightmare. I think one of the toughest things we had to do was try to take 350 years and compress it down to 20 minutes. In fact, we failed. It's a 28-minute show. I must confess that we went through six abject failures before we got to an American adventure that we all felt comfortable with, which ultimately became what we have today. For example, uh, one designer uh, decided that the American adventure should be a happy, fun ride-through uh, with audio-animatronics vignettes of characters singing patriotic American songs as you go through. Well, our design philosophy at that point in time was to tell something very salient, uh, very germane to the process of what is America. And we didn't think that something exclusively couched in music would give the entire uh, picture from that standpoint. So that one went away. And as we carefully weeded out where we went down the wrong path, we said, should not be a ride through because you really can't tell important information in a linear fashion that makes sense with a ride through. So basically, we began to develop a show that for the most part began not with a concept, but with an idea 
and we said before we even got down to the content, how do we keep this theater alive and moving and full of theatrical surprises for the public? So each thing that occurs tops the last thing that occurs in terms of a method of presentation. Once we got that magic theater down on how we move figures around and have film and mid-ground dimensional sets and background rear projected scenes all working in unison, now we'll deal with what the story is. So in this case, unlike many pavilions, we decided to create the magic theater to begin with. And then we sat back and said, okay, out of this magic theater now, we'll begin to fashion the story of the fourth century American experience. And that was the beginning. The American adventure, like America itself, began with an idea concept and a dream this impressive structure and the show it houses is the result of years of hard work and determination on the part of all oh, literally hundreds of people working towards a common goal to create a show that would tell the story of america in an entertaining and exciting way in a way it has never been told before from start to finish the american adventure took nearly six years to design and construct. It started in a very sim simple way. A script, an initial script, an uh, initial series of ideas that as they were being worked on were visualized. And in some cases those visualizations took the form like this one. This being the first scene from the American Adventure with Mark Twain and Ben Franklin. The American Adventure represents a number of firsts for us. This is really the first play that we've produced in the theme parks, and it is certainly the first play ever produced that stars audio-animatronic figures. We have a projection screen behind the uh, various animated figures and set pieces that come up during the show into view that is a 72-foot wide picture. And that 72-foot wide picture plays for the majority of the show and then finally widens to 150 feet of a continuous projection surface. Uh, that is probably the largest uh, projection screen that's ever been constructed in the world. What we have done with the use of three-dimensional scenery and the creative use of the multi-plane film technique has never been done before. It is a film show that three-dimensional images keep falling out of. The set pieces are interlocked synchronized with the movement of the camera on the projected background and the whole thing works in perfect unison. It actually seems as if you were looking at a movie and craning right down into the scene when suddenly the set is right before you and all of that three-dimensionality has just literally leaped off the screen and onto the stage. I think one of the most difficult tasks that we faced was actually selecting the characters. But after considerable debate, we finally agreed on two main hosts, Ben Franklin and Mark Twain. We chose Ben Franklin because we didn't think anybody could be a more lucid spokesperson for the Revolutionary War period of time than the great father of everything from wit to invention to articulation of the American experience. We thought we can bring humor into this. I mean, Ben Franklin had it all wrapped up. The best spokesman for the 19th century, uh, we looked at a number of people, but ultimately said, well, the one that seems to be enduring was certainly Mark Twain. I can't tell you what we went through with the 20th century, and we said, okay, who's gonna be the spokesperson for the 20th century? And in the earlier phases, somebody said, Will Rogers, of course. Well, 
We took that idea to a college class back east to, I think, about 150 students of political science, about five of whom knew who Will Rogers was, sadly enough. So we learned something there that uh, we better bring somebody more contemporary into that mold if we're going to have somebody speak for the 20th century. The closer we got to today, the more controversial things become. Everybody had their idea who that person should be. And we probably went through 300 names, not one of which could you get five people around a table to agree on as the spokesperson for the 20th century. We're just too close to that period of time. Now, if you got in a, a time capsule and you flashed forward to the uh, uh, about 100 years from now, I think historians would be able to give us a figure to come back and put on that statue. These Disney audio animatronic figures are the result of years of research, testing, and exploration. Audio animatronics was an idea of Walt's to carry out the animation that, it, that he really started in cartoons. And over time, he became interested in taking that out of a two-dimensional form and moving it into a three-dimensional form. So he experimented with ways that he could move small figures. Early on, uh, Walt had Buddy Ebsen come in and do a dance routine for him, and he photographed it. Then he had the engineers try to duplicate the dance with a small figure that was manipulated by cams and wires. When Disneyland came along, Walt wanted to have different uh, kinds of human and animal forms in the shows. Audio animatronics was used for the first time in a show in Disneyland called the Enchanted Tiki Room, where birds sing and, and uh, flowers croon, as they say. Well, the New York World's Fair was really a watershed in the development of audio animatronics because all of uh, what Walt Disney did at the New York World's Fair depended on this new uh, process. We did uh, four shows for the fair. Uh, great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, which later became the Hall of Presidents at uh, the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, and uh, a show called The Carousel of Progress that we did for General Electric uh, that played after the World's Fair, played for five years in Disneyland, and then another ten years in Walt Disney World, and it just closed as the longest-running show in the history of the theater. And the third show was called Magic Skyways, and uh, it became the uh, primeval diorama at Disneyland. That was part of that show. But the fourth is easily the best known and uh, probably the favorite uh, uh, show that's ever been done in the Disney parks, and that's It's a Small World. In the beginning, programming Mr. Lincoln was all done in a harness and uh, you had this cumbersome outfit that you had to work on and try on and a whole mask over your head and trying to accent the syllables and so forth and it was real cumbersome and real hot and it, it wore you out in an hour to the point where you couldn't work anymore the rest of the day well now it's all done on computer where uh, just move of a few buttons and knobs and you instantly program the move uh, it's much quicker and faster and you have the capability of changing any move at any time the figures in American Adventure are a lot more sophisticated than in the early stages. Now, Ben has 52 different moves inside of him, and he's an extremely complicated figure. In fact, um, he walks up some stairs across the stage with a cane, and uh, one little mistake and uh, something drastic can happen. For example, I broke his cane four times just trying to get him to do this. To learn how to do Ben, 
had to get a cane and walk around with it for almost a week. I practiced the walk, deciding how I wanted him to look. I had to go over it hundreds of times, acting out and working on it, until finally I got it just right. It took over a month to get it right, to make all the movements precise, and at the same time, smooth and fluid. Also, his cohort, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, is an extremely complicated figure. He now sits at a desk, and uh, one day I made a little mistake with him, in fact, where he actually put his hand underneath the table, and by the mistake, he actually picked up his table and threw it across the room and demolished it. Now, all these figures travel on two um, wagons, you can say. Now, these wagons are extremely heavy, thousands of pounds, and they hold all of the figures, all the electronics, hydraulic and pneumatic cylinders, the whole equipment, or ball of wax, you could say. And these figures have to be moved into position exactly and precisely to the point where they come up and hit their cue every time. And if they make one mistake, well, they'll end up coming up right through the floor and uh, breaking their head. There's a land across this ocean I'm waiting to see. My responsibility on the American Adventure was audio engineer. By that, I took the sounds, the, the music that we recorded in Philadelphia, uh, took the effects that were recorded by one of our sound effects people here, and then we recorded the narration in the studio, and then over a process of 18 months, we just combined all that together until we came up with a finished show. The American Adventure is basically a first generation off a compact disc quality type tape, which means that the audience will hear a much clearer sound. Digital audio gives me the opportunity to mix in a wide variety of sounds and sometimes I don't have to worry about the levels because of the dynamic range that the tape has. So let's say, let's put in some thunder for the Chief Joseph scene. And then maybe I say, well, the Revolutionary War scene needs a little more wind. And maybe George Washington's horse isn't too happy, so he's going to make a noise. And then I have everything covered. Costuming an audio-animatronic figure is similar to costuming a live actor, only to the extent that you must research the character and the time period in which he lived to make sure that the style and the quality of the clothing and the color and the textures of the fabrics you're using are accurate. And to be sure that you're following along the lines that the art director has intended. But that's as far as it goes. Because audio-animatronic figures don't stand or sit or gesture or walk like real people do. That is as far as their clothing is concerned. The carefully tailored garments often need to be split at inconspicuous places, like along a fold or a seam, in order to get them on the figure. The process can take hours, and during the programming of the animation, the entire figure usually has to be dressed and undressed many times. Most of the costumes for the figures in American Adventure were designed and built at Disneyland, but sometimes we can find the most perfect item in the most unlikely spot. The shoes for the banjo player in the depression scene were found in an old condemned relief mission in downtown Los Angeles. They turned out to be perfect. Disney's attention to detail is certainly one of the important aspects of whatever we do. In the case of the American Adventure, everything from the bricks uh, on the facade that were special made bricks coming in from Georgia to the tiles along the roof, which are not made of plastic, but are actual uh, slate tile. The amount of architectural sculpting work that went into this entire facade and interior to create the, the total look of this place 
was an extraordinary effort to bring all of that together. While one team of Imagineers worked on perfecting the audio-animatronic figures, another team of art directors, scenic designers, and craftsmen worked on depicting the storyline for the American adventure. We chose a style of writing that used the actual words of famous people that really didn't focus any one individual until we focused on a lot of people. This style is established right at the top of the show by our two hosts, Ben Franklin and Mark Twain. Excuse me, Mr. Twain. What's that? Perhaps you recognize those inspiring words from one of America's great writers. Uh, no, Dr. Franklin, I don't recall writing anything like that. Oh, my, of course not. They're from the pen of John Steinbeck, here in the 20th century. Why, it seems he has nearly the same spirit as the founding fathers themselves. Well, listen to the proud elder statesman. Mr. Twain, pride is one of our national passions. Even those who overcome it are proud of their humility. Easy now. I was born modest. Fortunately, it wore off. Early in the show, we see Ben Franklin walking up a set of stairs to talk to Thomas Jefferson, who's been struggling most of the evening trying to finish up the Declaration of Independence. Good evening, Mr. Jefferson. Have you finished the new draft yet? Those are new drafts all over the floor, Dr. Franklin. It seems one stroke of this pen brings two changes from Congress. I told you John Adams should have written this. Oh, by his own admission, you can write circles around him. Mr. Adams has not been prisoner in this loft for 17 days. I shall continue tomorrow. You must continue now. Thomas, it is difficult to make 13 clocks chime at the same time, but we must carefully justify this separation. Dr. Franklin, while you slept soundly through the meeting this afternoon, we did manage to justify separation. Later in the show, we crane down into Valley Forge. Now we have Washington coming up on the set. We have two shivering poor soldiers that are griping and moaning about how tough things are. Don't tell me, friend. Tell the good general then. Tell him that half his camp has got typhus, smallpox, or dysentery. And there be not a ration amongst us. We have a scene that addresses the worst war that we've ever gone through, the Civil War hitting brother against brother. Well, how do you cover this in a new way? We start out on stage with a family that's in an argument. They happen to be in Matthew Brady's studio and they're having a family picture posed. Pa, he's gonna make a real good Philly Yank. We got a good cause, Johnny Reb. Quiet, both of you. You're gonna ruin Ma's birthday. No, no, ain't nothing gonna ruin today. We're all together. That's what counts. Now, you go ahead, Mr. Brady. All right, everybody. Oh, real still now. Two brothers on their way. Two brothers on their way. Two brothers on their way One wore blue and one wore gray One wore blue and one wore gray 
as they marched along their way. The fife and drum began to play all on a beautiful morning. gentle, one was kind, one was gentle, one was kind, one came home, one stayed behind, a cannonball, don't be no mind, a cannonball, don't be no mind, if you're gentle or if you're kind, it don't think of the folks behind, all on a beautiful morning All on a beautiful morning At the turn of the century, Teddy Roosevelt and John Muir were making strong statements and making strong plans that would have an impact on the environment. At that point in time, they were truly visionaries. They understood the need for the national park system. Beautiful. Bully beautiful. Those falls are magnificent. Aye, Mr. President. But it won't last if the timber thieves have their way. Now, John, you know I can't ask lumbering to stop completely. All I ask is that we stop massive destruction. What will our children inherit? Seedlings? Of course not. I realize we're not building this country for a generation alone. I know we've got to expand our parks. Then start it here and now. Make this valley a part of Yosemite National Park. The events that are low always lead to events that are high at that point in time. So people shouldn't wallow in self-pity about any challenges facing them today. And that's, that's the underlying score of what we're trying to say. It's happened for the fourth century American experience.
The American adventure is more than just a parade of famous people and historic events. It's a reminder of our forefathers who came to this land seeking liberty and freedom. And I hope you enjoyed Backstage Disney, the American Adventure. Neat stuff there as well. Kristen, really quick, where can people find you? At DiningAtDisney.com, on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and now Periscope. Oh, all right. Dining at Disney. And the YouTube channel is The Dining at Disney. Very nice indeed. Of course, you can find me at Jedi Mouseketeer on uh, Instagram, also on Facebook and uh, Twitter. You can also find both of us at www.teakroom.com. There you'll find our Room Twitter and Facebook pages, our links to some of our stuff on YouTube if you'd like. And have a great 4th of July weekend. A lot of stuff going on, Independence Day, fireworks and stuff like that. Um... Man, I, oh man, oh man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure you uh, check out the Magic Kingdom tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. on Saturday. Epcot's Holly, Epcot and Hollywood Studios open at 9 a.m. and close at 10 p.m. Uh, extra Magic Hours in full effect over there as well. And you can check out Disney Celebrate America, a 4th of July concert there. Uh, we're running for two nights tonight and tomorrow in the Magic Kingdom and check out your uh, your uh, park guide, your park maps for more information on that. You can also check out Disney Hollywood Studios on Saturday night for Rock and Roll 4th of July celebration and uh, that will also conclude with fireworks as well and Voices of Liberty concert from 1230, 1.45 and 3pm on Independence Day July 4th. So a lot of good stuff happening there at the parks for July 4th. So enjoy in the meantime don't forget to spread the word about our show and enjoy and have a happy and safe July 4th weekend. I'm Al John. And I'm Kristen. And we'll, and we'll see, see you real, real soon. soon. The next generation is here. Yeah. Next stage, next stage, next grade, next the new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. Take your favorite Disney park music and SR shows with you everywhere you go. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. We went back to the drawing board with an all-new design and features that you've been asking for. To infinity and beyond! All-new design, daily schedule page, Sorcerer Radio Disney news page, keep on screen, sleep timer, screen lock display, Bluetooth display, visual buffer, iOS 8 compatible, iPad compatible, optimized for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, coming soon to Android. And the best part, it's free. Download. The new Sorcerer Radio app, version 4.0. Downloaded for free. Thank you for traveling with us. All Disney music all day long. Sorcerer Radio. SRSounds.com. Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. Would you like to hear the latest in Marvel television, film, video games, and comic books? Or are you looking for some ideas on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day? Well, join Mike and Eric on Mighty Marvel Geeks every Saturday night on Sorcerer Radio and every Sunday on the Weeby Geeks Network for all things Marvel. There is a matter that requires your attention. Mighty Marvel Geeks. A symbol. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? 
I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Are you a fan of Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel? Well, look no further than JediMouseketeer.com. On the Skeeky fan site, you'll find the latest news, videos, information on movies, comics, and more. Check out JediMouseketeer.com and follow him on Twitter at JediMouseketeer, a proud partner of Sorcerer Radio. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Always.